welcome to Pennycast, where we catch up with a range of interesting people, exploring themes around the four pillars of financial freedom, growing wealth, family, protection and community, and providing ideas and inspiration to live a more meaningful life. Hi, I'm Alan Thorne, and I'm delighted you can join us for our latest edition of Pennycast. Today, we're going to be talking about retirement planning. As we all live longer and hopefully lead more active lives in our retirement, it's now more important than ever to think about where your income will come from when you decide to retire. Today, I'm joined by financial consultant Sam Johnson from Penny Financial Partners, where we're going to be talking about a range of issues around retirement, ultimately about staying in that comfort zone in your retirement. So um, first up, hi Sam, how are you doing? Hi Alan, yeah, good, thank you, thank you. And so I think the first thing we should really talk about is, I guess, the, the changing pensions landscape. It's not as it's always been. There's certainly, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a different place out there in terms of when you're planning for your retirement. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it, it, there's a number of factors that play into that. And although this isn't a, an exclusive source of retirement income, um, pensions do certainly make up a big part of planning for retirement. And it's fair to say that that has been an ever-changing part of retirement planning over the last few years. Um, historically, we would have had a, a final salary pension scheme that's linked to our employer. Um, we've seen the withdrawal of a lot of those. Um, they've been replaced by money purchase or defined contribution pensions, which, you know, are still incredibly valuable, but they're not quite the same. Um, alongside the change in the way we save for retirement, there's also been a change in the legislation around how we access the money that we've saved into pensions as well. And I guess the overall output of those main changes has been the onus has shifted from the employer very much to the employee to ensure that they've got uh, sufficient means to live out a retirement they'd like to like they'd like and they'd certainly enjoy as well I get, and I guess a big part of this is you know it's not just the employers have changed in terms of the the, the pensions that they're providing for their employees but the way that we work has changed in terms of you know those days I guess of working for the same company for your you know for your whole life is is is, is, is a bit more of a rarity these days. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, you know, traditional sense of work used to be we'd find a, a job as soon as we can after we'd finished in education, and more often than not, we'd stick with that employer through to through to when we choose to stop working. And what we're seeing now is people have m much more fragmented careers, so they'd work with lots of different employers over the course of their working life. Um, each one of those employers now will offer a pension scheme. Um, many of the pensions will be with different providers and can, as a result, lead you to have to a number of different schemes with a number of different providers kind of all over the place and can be a bit of a daunting task to try and pull all that together into one plan. So when, so when you are looking at retirement planning, I guess the starting point is, you know, understanding, I guess, what your retirement looks like. Absolutely, yeah. It, it's almost, you know, there's a famous saying of starting with the end in mind, and, and I think that's very much what, we look to with retirement planning so it's it's more about what kind of life do you want to live in retirement so what do you want to do on a day-to-day -day basis um have you got any bucket list plans you know big exotic grand travels holidays how often where 
all of those things come with a bit of a price tag really and that starts to, to build up a, a picture of what you're going to need in retirement and, and most of all when you're going to need it as well and so i mean when you're looking at what your retirement looks like i mean what are people it's you know there's things change as you get older don't they ultimately you know maybe you paid your mortgage off you know maybe the you know the kids have flown the nest and so on and so forth so you know it's it's a different kind of calculation is that the people need to make when they're thinking about you know what they're going to you know what good looks like for them when they're retired yeah absolutely and it's a common trap that we see people fall into of almost trying to link their pre-retirement income to what they're going to need in retirement and and as you rightly say there so outgoings like a mortgage um the running cost of the home um commutes to work often they've gone or, or certainly reduced and therefore there is no real link between what you used to earn before you finished uh, work and, and what you're going to need in retirement. They're two very different pictures. Often, you know, it's not to say that it becomes a lot cheaper because those expenses will be replaced with, you know, the things that are going to put a smile on our face and that we're going to enjoy doing, like your holiday, playing more golf, those kind of things. And so, you know, once you've established what good looks like, you know, what your retirement looks like, I guess what's the next thing? I guess it's, you know, what's the next what's the next step really in terms of your retirement planning? Yeah, I think as you rightly say that the first key step is being clear about what we want. From that, we can establish the income that we're going to need, when and how. Um, working backwards, the next logical step then is, is getting really clear about what we've already got. So that's those different pension schemes with different employers. How are, how are they structured? Who's looking after them? Um, and ultimately, are they aligned to what your retirement objectives are? And I mean, having, you know, experienced this myself, you know, there's, there's, this is a bit of an administrative headache, let's be honest. You know, <laughs> and I think that's probably part of what puts people off, maybe, you know, sitting down and really making the effort to make this happen. Yep. Yeah, I totally get that. And, and I think it would be fair to say that if you work with an advisor that, cares about helping you get this right um if you're able to find that out who the who the policies are with and some sort of reference number most advisors will be able to work out the rest for you from there and then it becomes you know less of an administrative burden um than it you, you know you might perceive it to be in the first instance so they're the crucial bits of information and a good advisor will be able to help you build from there and so once you've established you know the different uh occupational pensions that you've got and you've managed to you know get a, a report on each one of them to understand what position you're in today so what's what's the next thought process from, from your perspective as an advisor yeah so as advisors we will look at things like the investment strategy behind each of those schemes um no two schemes are the same in how they invest money so that's going to be really important. So getting to grips with the fact that are all of these schemes invested in a way that suits and is aligned to your ambitions for the future. A lot of that will be driven by time. You know, the longer we've got until retirement, typically the bigger capacity for loss we have, and we may be able to take a little bit more risk. If retirement's just around the corner, we certainly wouldn't want to be taking that same attitude. Um, and it would be more about conservation than it would be about long-term growth. But you know, everyone's different and, and it really boils down to individual needs. So that's certainly one area we'd look at. And so it's certainly not the case that, 
you know, you would be immediately advising, you know, consolidation or anything else. It's very much on a on a on a kind of case by case basis, pension by pension basis. Absolutely, yeah. And you know, one example of where that may be the case is certainly some older pension schemes, um, less so with newer ones, but some older pension schemes come with some really valuable benefits. You know, most people will be familiar with a money purchase or a, a defined contribution pension scheme coming with 25% tax-free cash attached to it. Some older pension schemes may have more than that. Um, so that's just one thing that we would look at. Um, and there's a number of other benefits that may be available as well that would need careful consideration. I mean, we're talking about, you know, occupational pensions here. I mean, let's be clear about, you know, they're incredible, you know, that they, they, I guess, individually, they may not be, um, you know, particularly, they may not have a huge amount of value individually, quite a lot of them, but I guess collectively, they're quite powerful. But just in general terms, you know, the occupational pension, regardless of what it is, is fundamentally free money. Yeah, it's a really good point. And I think as we've seen the withdrawal of final salary schemes, there's been this misrepresentation that now workplace schemes are just not as good as they once were. And whilst they might not be as good as they once were, typically, they're still incredibly important and it's still incredibly valuable. Um, under the auto-enrolment legislation, employers still have an obligation to contribute to your pension savings, if you do. Um, most people will be aware of the fact that if you contribute 5% of your qualifying earnings, your employer will contribute three. Um, those levels aren't fixed though, they're the minimums and a lot of employers will contribute over and above those levels. So if you were to up your contributions, so may your employer. Um, a lot of people overlook that and as you rightly say, it's effectively free money. Um, and by the time we give consideration to the valuable tax reliefs that are available from contributing into a workplace scheme, the impact that it can have on your take-home pay is a lot less than, than some people think. And so, you know, one of the key messages first and foremost is find out what your employer will contribute if you increase your 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 pension your own pension contribution absolutely yeah it, it often gets overlooked it's a cornerstone of our financial plan and one of the first things that we look to to ascertain with our clients that are still working um i've seen it where some employers will contribute up or, or will match contributions up to a level of 20 percent, and that that's really really valuable and so i mean i guess we, we're talking a lot about pensions and clearly there's a, you know, there's a big, uh, you know, these are the, as we discussed, these, you know, the pension is often the cornerstone of, of any retirement planning, but it's not the only part of retirement planning, you know, so what else are we, you know, what else could we, are we looking at potentially? Yeah, quite right. And it is a little bit of a bugbear in mind that we've become kind of ingrained with this notion that, retirement equals pensions and you know as as the investment landscape has changed so too is the way that we can save for retirement so it's not uncommon for us to give consideration to things like is there going to be an ongoing income from a buy to let property do we have uh isa savings that we can draw on are there general investment accounts or stocks and shares that can be used to generate an income in retirement i think it's really important not to neglect those areas as well and look at this as a whole picture about generating an ongoing income. I mean, is it, I mean, what's your experience in terms of people, you know, planning for their retirement? I mean, is there, is there still, 
I, I guess, I, it's not a reluctance, but is there a little bit of a, a head in the sand mentality sometimes from people, but think, you know, that to, to have that long-term view of, you know, making sure that they're providing for themselves, giving themselves, you know, enough time to, to really build that pot so they've got the financial freedom they want when they're retiring. Yeah, I think it, it it's one of those areas where if we're really flat, frank, no one's going to hold you by the collar and drag you to sit down to talk about your retirement planning. So it, it can be ignored. Um, but without a doubt, you know, if we take the time to give some consideration to it, the sooner we start planning, the better. It's, it's never too late. But if we think about that as soon as we feel comfortable and able to think about it, then the actions we need to take are quite often far less radical. Yeah. Um, and to have the support of an advisor along the way, helping you make the you know the tough decisions um, is really important. And we've, I mean, obviously we've talked, you know, a lot of this conversation has been quite focused on, you know, those occupational pensions. Mm -hmm. But of course, a lot of the people you do, you work with, and a lot of you know, a lot of people who'd be listening to this, you know, don't have occupational pensions, but they'll be, you know, they'll be self-employed, they'll be contractors, they'll so on. You know, is what's is there a, is there a slightly different message for them, or, or, or what's you know what's the situation if you if it's not about your occupational pension? Yeah, so there's some people, as you point out there, for example, a contractor. You know, if they are, you know, the sole director and and worker at a business, they they won't have an auto enrollment obligation, so they're not going to be forced into the route of saving. But yet, they're still saving into a, a, a retirement plan. Is still such a valuable and tax efficient way of saving uh, as a contractor for example um it's great from a tax planning perspective for the business you know because it comes with the associated tax relief on contributions for corporation tax but also very tax efficient for the individuals in charge of those businesses as well and i mean and, and looking at the kind of that wider uh, you know that wider advice that 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 you provide at you know penny you know where does where does the you know where where do pensions sit within you know that that kind of that wider investment story? I mean, is this is this still because of the tax relief that comes with you know because of the tax um, situation around pensions? Does this still? I know we've kind of touched on different opportunities, but I mean fundamentally, you know, the pension still remains you know one of the great one of the best vehicles, is it not for you know for that that future planning? It can do, and I think as you rightly say, the tax relief available on contributions is hard to ignore and hard to overlook. For example, if you're a high rate taxpayer during your working life, paying tax at 40 or perhaps 45% um, to receive forward tax relief at that point in life to then withdraw the money from your pension and perhaps pay as little as 20% tax on that money, um, indeed no tax at all on some of it, it is hard to ignore. However, it shouldn't be the sole focus of retirement planning. It's all about building a, a variety of different assets where we can. So, for example, stocks and shares, ISAs, other types of investment along the way that can all be seen as assets that can generate as an income over time. And, and, and I know you've touched on this before, you know, it's obviously never too late or it's never too early mm -hmm. to start planning, you know, for your retirement. And, and obviously when you're in your 20s and 30s, it's sometimes very difficult to think about that. I guess when you get to the 40s, you start thinking a little bit more about you know making sure you've got it but i mean what what do we say to those people who are worried that maybe it's too late you know that they've left it too late to you know to start planning for their retirement yeah i think it, again it, it's probably a daunting prospect but you know nine times out of ten it, it's not as bad as people think you know we can build this worry up in our mind but i think the first stage is 
is let, let's talk about it. Uh, you know, you know, share the thoughts that you have about planning for retirement and be clear about what you've got and be clear about what you need. And then at least if we have left it a bit late, we can we can still start to plan to remedy it. You know, not talking about it at all will never lead to a good outcome. No. And I, and I think it's and and I guess it's almost it's that fear, isn't it? Sometimes that people, you know, almost. I guess almost too embarrassed to sometimes come and speak to an advisor because they worry that they, you know, because they don't want to hear maybe some, they don't, they maybe they're worried and you know they're not going to hear what they want to hear really. Yeah, yeah, I get that. And then a wise man, much wiser than I, once said, you know, sometimes you need to risk winning, and I think that's kind of what it boils down to in this scenario. If we don't talk about it and we don't broach that subject, the chances of a positive outcome are. are slim if not non-existent whereas if we you know they have the courage to face that and, and open up about that part of our lives and that part of planning at least we give ourselves a chance of winning and experiencing success there you know living a good uh, good retirement and so you know i mean obviously the, you know, it it almost goes without saying then but you know if you're looking to you know to get a retirement retirement plan that's really aligned with those objectives you know obviously speaking there's, there's huge benefits on speaking to an advisor rather than just kind of plowing on and and you know hoping for the best yeah absolutely because there's just so many moving parts to, to this type of plan and it's the different sources of income that are going to be available to you it's structuring of the investments that are aligned to your risk profile and and what you want in the future um but I think tax optimization gets overlooked so often as well. Um, it's such an important part of our clients' lives, ensuring that they're tax optimized. You know, in in, a, in essence, it, it could be money that they're paying away now. To, you know, in tax that potentially, if they save that money in the right way, they didn't need to pay that away, and they retain more of the money that they earn. You know, sound, that's really really helpful. I'm hoping that you know those listening will you know will get some support on you know navigating what is you know sometimes a, a tricky road and, and give them some reassurance and peace of mind that you know there are actions that they can take um and decisions that they can make which can um you know make a huge difference in the future so thank you for your time today sam and uh, you know hopefully look forward to speaking to you again soon yeah thanks for having me Alan.